Good morning. Good morning. I think uh, most people are still out, out there fellowshipping. <laughs> there we go. Good morning. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, as everybody uh, starts moving in, I'm going to start with a few announcements. Um, I'm doing announcements because uh, the Groover boys are not feeling well, so remember them to pray for them this morning. Uh, the first announcement is uh, this week we are continuing small groups, but this is going to be uh, probably the last week for them, so the Wednesday one and the next Sunday. Uh, will be the next, the last one for that one because uh, we're going to do some other things the rest of the summer and then we'll start doing groups again in September. Uh, with that in mind, the following Wednesday, the 18th, we're going to do a worship night. Uh, so worship, prayer, uh, it'll be 7 o'clock here at the church and uh, so I encourage everyone who's able to uh, come out. We can worship God together next not this Wednesday, next Wednesday the 18th. And then also, uh, Saturday the 14th, we're having a beach day for everyone. So um, the kids, parents, grandparents, anybody else who wants to go to Pimatuming Beach number two, uh, come, it's from 10 to two, we're gonna have, uh, bring food, we can eat, we can share food, and it'll be a lot of fun. There's also a sign up out there if you want to let everybody know that is this coming Saturday. The following Saturday, the 21st, uh, there's the NWD family reunion. And what that's going to be is down in Ogilvy, uh, the, the Northwest District ladies is putting this together for not just ladies, but, but men and kids also. And it's gonna, there's going to be food, uh, lunch, and um, music. We're actually doing the music from our church, and um, then there's going to be a message and a lot of fellowship with other churches in our district. And then the following Saturday, so every Saturday is real busy. Everybody excited about what God's doing? Following Saturday is men's breakfast at 8, so if you're a man, uh, Frank Menhart will be here. And then in the evening, there's going to be a service for everyone, so it's an outreach service. It's going to be a uh, a movie for the youth, the kind of youth are kind of helping put that on, and so Frank Menhart will be here for both of those, and so if you know someone who want, needs to be encouraged, uh, invite them either in the morning if they're a man, or if they're anybody, you know, everybody in the evening, uh, and we will celebrate and see what God's doing for those different services. And um, that is all that I have. So, let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for... Uh, who you are and all that you do in our lives, we ask, Lord God, that you, that you fill us and help us to see your glory in this service. Thank you so much for everyone who's here, everyone who's online, all of our kids. Thank you uh, that you are showing us your goodness and you're teaching us something new this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Let's stand and worship together this morning.
Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. May you would take my place. May you would bear my cross. You laid down your life that I would be set free. you've done for me who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You
Come now, fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain, fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. I was lost in utter darkness till you came and rescued me i was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free now my hope can sing a new song now my heart has found a home now your grace is always with me and i'll to grace how great a debtor daily i'm constrained to be let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee prone to Seal it, seal it for thy courts of 
Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Jesus, that you are our one defense. Anytime we need you, Lord God, you are right there with us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are so good to us. Lord, we need you now more than ever. We ask, Lord God, that you continue to be there. We thank you for being there in our good times and our difficult times. Thank you that you are our provider, you are our sustainer, you are our healer. You are the one that we can look to for help in all that we do. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Speaking of Jesus being are all in all. Um, Lord, we need you, and so uh, as many of you know, Bonnie has been, you know, struggling with some different things for six months now, um, and so she wanted to share what's going on, because uh, the doctors have finally, like, given her some kind of answer, and so uh, she wanted to share, and so we can all be in unity, and know what's happening, and know how to pray, and know how to be in love with Jesus. He is certainly our defense. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Um, strange that COVID, this evil thing that Satan brought to harm, 
God turns it around over and over and over in my life. He's done this so many times. And here's another time. Because of COVID, the doctors um, couldn't figure out why my iron levels are just skyrocketing. They're crazy high. They've been that way since this whole thing started. So um, this has been causing some underlining problems, possibly not for sure, the heart, the lungs, liver, inflammation, all kinds of problems. So uh, this doctor that's pretty new here in town took Dr. Lope's place. Um, he is so determined because he had COVID maybe not to give up. So he kept searching and searching. And he did um, a blood test that normally would not be done, but he, he chose to do this blood test that would show hereditary genes. So basically a DNA structure. So come to find out, apparently, if both parents have this one gene, then the offspring, the children, could have a 50% chance of getting this. If one parent has it, it's a 25% chance. So it doesn't get noticed until uh, an immune infectious disease takes place in your body and that helps it surface. I had Lyme's disease back in early 90s and now I've had COVID, so that's two immune diseases. So come to find out that hormone has now, sur or the gene has surfaced two different genes surfaced. So they're going to start what they call a lobotomy on Tuesday, where it's like donating blood. They take X amount of blood out of your body, and then your own blood regenerates and rejuvenates and reproduces. So that's the plan. Um, that'll start on Tuesday. Um, with that happening, um, I do have a problem with the veins because I've had so many, so much blood work done that my veins keep popping. So we're gonna need some healing in those veins and lots of fluid, I guess, helps with that. So we're banging down a lot of water <laughs> trying to get those veins built back up. But if this is the case, then um, God hit two different areas because of this, because now my family knows the gene is in our family that nobody ever knew. But it also could be the underlying problem to all of my problems. So I'm praising God. <laughs> he is our defense. Amen.
God is so good. Um, and so... God is very good. I, I think it's amazing, right? We, we have seen God move so much uh, through so many people. And, and you know, the, where you were, right? That, that Thursday when I talked to you on the phone and the doctors were like, you're probably out, you know. You're not out yet. God has so much more. So, so don't, don't look at the storm. Look at Jesus. And actually, that's the story I'm going to be talking about today. Um, it's amazing how God works, right? Testimony, encouragement, and, and, you know, God was speaking to me all week about this idea of um, walking with Jesus. And so we're looking at, uh, at one of the stories, um, one of the accounts of Jesus in Luke 8. Um, but before I get there... Um, you know, we're talking about this idea of, of God doing things. And um, I, I had a question I wanted to ask to get started. Have you ever seen a tornado in real life? Yeah? Tornado? Anybody else? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of you have seen storm chasers, right? Um, but, it, you know, my, my funniest story is when Robin was, was giving birth, they had a TV in the, in the room, and I was just like, watching storm chasers and they're like she was busy i was watching tv you know that that's a that's a funny story i think only dads think is funny <laughs> but i've seen a real tornado in real life and uh it's kind of terrifying um it, it's one of those things that that you you see and you're like oh my goodness is there really like this like weird cloud thing happening over there um, when I saw a tornado, it was when I was a kid, uh, we were at Rock Creek, Ohio for church camp and, um, church used to be in this big barn thing. So if you've ever like seen a real tornado, you're like, I don't think a barn is good enough cause I'm just in a barn. And the, there was, there, I don't know if you were there that year, but they, they, there was tornado warnings and all this kind of stuff. And so they made all the kids, you know, all the kids, all the adults that we had to go inside this barn and just in the basement and so like the upstairs was where we had church and then the barn was like underneath was where we did like crafts and activities but it was just this barn and so man the, the wind was crazy it was pouring it was pretty scary you know and I was I don't know maybe eight or nine if you if you weren't there I was probably like eight something like that I remember kind of like looking out some of the either the windows or the doors because you know it's a barn there's like doors kind of you know big ones small ones kind of all over the place there's like windows and we you could kind of see this thing in the distance it was probably a few miles away but you can kind of see this thing beyond the trees and you're like whoa this is so we were just there and it was kind of you know as a as a like an eight or nine year old kid i thought it was super cool also very terrifying um so we were you know praying and and hey it didn't destroy anything in the camp we were able to continue on with with church camp and you know people were blessed and it was a good week like church camp always is but scary sometimes things in life are very very scary um whether it's a physical storm you can see or a storm going on in our lives or 
you know, or, or a sickness, things like that, it could be real scary. Um, in Isaiah 40, 1, 10, uh, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold, uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is always, always, always for us and not against us. It, there's, there, there's all this, like, different, um, you know, beliefs about the world and about God and everything like that, but what, when it boils down to it, is our foundation from the standpoint that God is good, period. If God is good, then everything else needs to be built on that. No matter what's happening in life, God is good. So Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Luke 8, verse 22. So this week, next week, and the following week, I am actually going to spend all three messages in Luke chapter 8. Just giving you a heads up. If you want to read Luke chapter 8 and be excited and be, be, be expecting God to speak more, Luke chapter 8, the next three weeks, because there's a lot going on in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat, set out. As they sailed, they, he fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped. And they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, what, we're going to drown or die. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waves. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked the disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the wind and the water. And they obeyed him. It's pretty amazing, right? This, this, this account of Jesus going across the water. And, and so last week, I, I talked about answer the call. And when Jesus is calling, whatever he's saying to do, come follow me, follow me, do it. And so again, Jesus is saying, let's get in the boat and go somewhere. We got to get in the boat and go to the other side of the water. And so the, the, the disciples at this point, they were already following him. They had already answered that call. And they're like, all right. We said yes before, we're going to say yes again, so we're going to get in this boat. And, and a lot of times in life, we feel like we know what's happening. Anybody older than like seven in this room? Yeah, you've been around, like you, you, you've been here, you've kind of done the things, you know, you've, you, you've met people, some that are awesome, some that are not so awesome, you've, you've done the thing, you, you've experienced things, you've We've been around, so sometimes life feels like maybe it's easy. The disciples, half of them, many of them, were fishermen, right? Let's go to the other side of the lake, get in the boat, 
whose boat was it? It was probably one of theirs. They probably owned the boat. Get in the boat. Let's go. So this idea that, okay, well, this seems like a normal thing. Getting up in the morning, normal thing. Going to work, normal thing. Talking to your family, normal thing. But also, there's, there can always be this attack or squall. I like that word in, the, in, in my translation, squall, that can appear. And so I want to look at this, uh, this little section and kind of break it down. And so as, as I said, you know, one day Jesus said, let's, let, let's go to the other side. And so they said, yep, we will follow you. We will go to the other side. And so they answered the call just like all of us, right? So before they said, Jesus said, hey, come follow me. And they said, yes. And so they started following him. But again, on another day, he said, let's go do something else. And they said, yes, again. So that's why it's so important that we always keep saying yes. Yesterday, today, and forever, say yes to who Jesus is. Because it's in those situations that we need him. Lord, I need you all the more. So they got in this boat, and they started sailing. You know, as, as we go through life, a lot of times we start sailing, we start going, and, and it feels like smooth sailing. Easy times are coming, and things are going okay. But then all of a sudden, something kicks the feet out from under you, and you don't really know what to happen. And Jesus fell asleep. I always find it funny I, probably most of you too, this idea that Jesus was sleeping, because it's not like, not like he, they were on like a cruise ship with like cabins. There was a huge storm and Jesus was laying right there. It was probably more like a canoe, right? Or, or like a rowboat kind of idea or a sailboat. He was probably getting wet, but sleeping. I find that Jesus is such a picture of peace Amen. in all situations. It's so unreasonable to think about, right? You're like walking outside, you're like, oh, there's a drop of rain, right? And you already start feeling it. Or if you go out fishing on a boat, and then you just start seeing a few drops, you're like, oh, man, tiny bit. And you can notice. But Jesus had so much peace. He had peace in knowing that the journey was more important. That the end right? He said, let's go. Let's go to the other side of the lake. Jesus had something he needed to do on the other side of the lake, and we're going to talk about that next week. But Jesus had something to do. Jesus needed to get from here to there, and sometimes from here to there is the difficult part, but that's the important part. I need to get there. Because something's happening. He didn't tell the disciples, yep, we're going to go to the other side of the lake so that we can meet a guy. I need to go talk to a guy. That's what happens. But he did not say that. Sometimes in the journey, it becomes very difficult because all we, we know is the come follow me and we say, yes, I will. And there's these squalls in life. And, and in John 16, 33, it's, a, it's an amazing verse that is encouraging and also not encouraging. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. I love peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Thanks, Jesus. But take heart. I have overcome the world. In this world, you will get squalls. In this world, you will have troubles. 
or trials or tribulations. You will have problems. Why? Because this world is full of sin. My sin, his sin, her sin, their sin, everybody's sin influences, right? In, in Genesis, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, something happened not only to them, but to all of creation. The, 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 the thorns and the thistles appeared. Roses didn't have to be cut and the thorns taken off originally. Sin influences not just our mindsets, not just us, but sin influences the entire world. Everything that we see, everything that we experience, people's sins, our sin, and it's because all of this evil is in the world, but it's because of Jesus coming. He said, I have overcome the world, so I have overcome the sin and the separation and all of the disasters, all of the problems. That tornado that's there will not come over here because it's over there, and Jesus said, I will overcome the world. Not that that tornado doesn't exist. It's still there. Not that the storms don't exist. They're still there, but I have overcome the world. Are you a part of heaven coming to earth and saying, I have overcome the world? Yes, there are still thorns. Yes, there are still problems. Yes, there are still sicknesses and diseases in the world. I still see that. I, I, you know, sometimes I experience them, but I have overcome the world so I can have peace in the storm, in the situation, knowing that I and with Jesus, and we're going over there. There is peace if we allow him to take our heart. And then he says, right, he, he gets up and he, he calms the storm. He says, be still. He calms the storm. And then he turns to the disciples. He says, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And, and you know, I'm, I'm thankful for your honesty because sometimes that, that idea of like, I just, I don't know if I could do this anymore. I don't know if I have, have you know, faith. I, I don't know. I just give up. That's okay. That's okay. God is always for us and never against us. Where is your faith? These were his disciples. They were with him. They had seen him do amazing things. It's okay. Sometimes we lose heart. But in the journey, if we keep looking forward, it'll be okay. Because Christ is in the building up business, in the recreating, in the salvation, in the, the restoration business. When we lose heart, when we lose faith. It's okay. He says, where's your faith? And, and, and so I looked up this word in the Greek, where? And, and it's amazing that um, it's pretty obvious, right? The word where is, is two definitions I found in the original Greek. First one is a location. Where's your faith? Location. That makes sense. That's what we all assume. The second one is in what part? So in what part? What is your faith in? Because I believe we all have so much faith. And, and yes, sometimes, you know, our, our, it's easy to, to, to take, okay, you know, and, and look at this idea of, of, of doubt. But really, it's, it's just kind of readjusting where our faith is. And so I, I believe Jesus was really asking them, where, what is your faith in? What? I was sleeping. 
Did you not have faith that I said, we're going to get in a boat and we're going to go to the other side? Didn't you have faith that we were going to be at the other side? Didn't you trust? And, and so there's an amazing thing that happens here. And, and, and I believe something that will kind of emphasize and um, be a little counter-cultural in our mindset that happens here. When, when, when we're looking at faith, what is your faith in? I, I believe sometimes we put our faith in an idea. And when we do that, we miss something. I believe that faith is not necessarily the opposite of fear. You know, a lot of, a lot of people, and even I, have talked about this idea that, well, if you have more faith, then you won't have fear. And, and, and as, as I was praying, as God was speaking to me, I, I had this revelation uh, recently and this past week that faith is important, but faith is a baby step in our walk with Christ. If we only have faith, we're missing something. When, when we look at just, just this idea of faith and, you know, we, we talk about faith over fear, Yes, that's, that's true, right? Faith is kind of the opposite of fear, but that's not actually what the Bible teaches. So I, I want some help because I, 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 when I say something like this, it could sound controversial, it could sound different than maybe whatever you've always been taught, but I believe God wants to reveal something more powerful and more about himself in this idea of, of what, if we, what if we let go of this idea of we have to have so much faith be, and then we do something else. Because remember, Jesus was there in the boat. Where's your faith? So could I have some help reading some stuff? Is anybody willing to help me read some verses? Anybody? All right. All right, so uh, who can read Psalm 34.4 for me? All right, Psalm 34.4. Who can read Joshua 1.9? All right. Who can read 2 Timothy 1, 6, and 7? All right. Who can read Romans 8, 35, and 39? Okay. And who can read John 14, 27, and 28? John 14, 27, and 28. You got that one? Chapter 14, verse 27 and 28. And then, and then a long one. Anybody willing to read a long one? All right. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. All right. So this is going to be, these, these are the verses when, when I was looking up this idea of, of, of fear and faith. And this, if you type in to Google, Faith over fear. You get all these verses. Now, I want you to think about what these verses are actually saying. Are they talking about faith? Are they talking about something else in regard to, our, to the, the power that God gives us over fear? All right. Psalm 34.4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Amen. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. Were you next? Joshua. Yeah, Joshua. Joshua 1 9. 
Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Second Timothy. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Amen. Romans 8, right? 35? Through 39. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Sorry, that was a New Living Translation. That's a it's a little bit different. I've never <laughs> heard this before. Let me go. Hold on. <laughs> what do you have up there? NIV? Okay. Oh, sorry, Paul, I switched. <laughs> we just both flipped. I went to Back NIV. To NIV. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I went to flip with you to NIV, and then you flipped. <laughs> Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your... For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither in the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Nothing can separate us. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift of the world that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you will be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. Yes. No, yeah, that, that was good. Okay. Right? Jesus is leaving, but he leaves us peace. And he leaves us peace through who? The Holy, the Holy Spirit. Next scripture is Matthew 6. Matthew 6. 25. Uh, 25. This is New King James. Through 34. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value, of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. 
And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God is so clothed, now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? And what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do not worry about tomorrow. So have, have many of you probably heard those verses before? Have heard those before? Maybe said them before? When you were feeling, uh, you know, feeling like you, you need built up in, in, in faith, read those verses. But what is the most prominent key element of all of those verses besides fear? relationship, right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. How encouraging that is when we feel when we feel like there's a storm coming. And I have not given you a spirit of timidity. Why? Because God is in you. I have not left you. I have given you peace. Why? Because God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. Jesus was in the boat. Where is your love? Where is your relationship? I I, I believe this idea that the faith is so important. When, when we come to Christ, we need faith to believe that God exists, but we can't stop there because if we just have faith that God exists, then where is the relationship? Are we, are we stuck somewhere? Where is our love? Do we have a, a fervent a passion, a desire for who God is because of who he is, not just because he does things. He is our strong tower. He is our refuge. Be strong and courageous. Why, Why Joshua? Because I'm with you. I'm with you, right? He said the same thing to Moses. He said, Moses, be strong and courageous. And Moses, you know what? I'll be with you. I'll be with you. But then one time he said, you know what? Actually, I'm going to send my angel with you. I'll be over here. Moses said, no, 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 whoa, whoa, wait a minute. If you don't go, I ain't going. Because he didn't care about the strength that he could have from God. He cared about the relationship and the love of God. And where is your faith is this idea of, I was here with you the whole time. Why didn't you love me enough to know that I was going to protect you? Love. If you want to lose fear, you got to love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. 1 John 4, 18 and 19 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. The Bible doesn't teach that faith comes. Faith is the, the, the winner over fear. It teaches that love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. 
as I said before, sin is punishment, right? Sin has a punishment element to it. We will all be punished if we have not found faith in Jesus Christ for salvation so that the sin of this world, the sin in our hearts, the sin in our minds, there is punishment, right? The squall happened because there's sin in the world. That was a physical thing. Tornadoes, earthquakes, all of these disasters happen because there's sin in the world. Same with bodily things, because there's sin in the world. Sometimes it's our sin, sometimes it's somebody else's sin, putting problems on us, right? Homicide is a real thing, and it's a real sin. But the person who gets killed is not the one who is in the sin. Somebody else's sin, somebody else's free will, and, and evil choices caused that. Fear has to do with punishment. You're not being punished. You're not being punished. That's why you don't have to have fear. Trust in the love that you and God have together. Not, not standing on, I, I know, I know, I know. No, no, no. Love. When we, tr when we just look and grow in our love, that's when we know something more happens. The one who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. God loves us so much. When we choose to love as God loved, as God loved us first, then when the fear happens, when, when the, the worries of this world, right? Why do you look at the lilies of the valley, right? That whole verse, it doesn't say anything about love, but the heart of what Jesus is saying. Don't you see the beauty? Don't you see the things? Why are you worrying about tomorrow? Why? Because God loves you so much, he will take care of you. He loves you. God loves you so much because he loved you first. When you were wherever, whatever. He loves everyone whenever they're wherever, doing whatever. Love is so powerful. That's when the fear, the worries, the squalls, the, the, the craziness of life come when we trust and say, you know what, I'm going to cling to my Jesus. I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is with me and he is the one who gives me the peace. He is the one who helps me. And, and through the, through the, the power of, of, of his love, I'll be okay. I do believe there is a very strong connection between this idea of, of, of love and faith. Because faith is very important. As I, as I kind of mentioned before, faith, we must have faith. But I, I find it interesting that I've never really looked at it this way before. But as I said, God was kind of giving me revelation this, this week. And, and, and so as I was looking at um, some of the other verses that talk about faith, most of the time faith is for salvation. Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes by hearing and hearing the message or the word of God. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. That's a weird translation. That was not what I... <laughs> Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There you go. Yeah, that was... So, right, 
Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and that's an important thing. We must have faith, but what's the context of this? So, so if you back up to, to verse 1 in chapter 10, the context, it says, uh, Brothers and sisters, my heart desires and prays and, and, and prayer to God for the Israelites so that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they do not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, their own righteousness, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the accumulation of the law. And there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes that, writes this about the, the righteousness that, this, that is by the law. The person who, who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say to your heart, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who is to descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead, but what does it say? The word is near to you, it is in your mouth and in your heart, that is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you decide, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? That's our verse. That's salvation right there. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scriptures say, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, right? That's that faith. Anyone who believes in him that when you have faith in Jesus Christ and his, his sacrifice, you will never be put to shame. For, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on his name. Amen? For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be Amen. How then can they call on the one they do not believe? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach to them unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, but not all the Israelites accept the good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ, or faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. So what is the context of that verse? Salvation. Faith is so important, and faith is Faith in Christ and in Christ's sacrifice is salvation. And then we move on to relationship. When, when Robin and I got married uh, years ago, we went from 
right? Any, nobody's engaged in here. Oh, you are engaged. Congratulations. Right? You, you have this, this idea, right? You, you're focused forward. You, you're talking about wedding. You're talking about, like, buying a house someday. You're talking about maybe kids someday. Maybe, you know, all these things, right? You have this, this, this faith, this hope that when we get married, there's going to be something amazing. There's a, there's a faith to that because, because we have something. But then when you get married, you start building relationships. Right? We have kids now, not because I had faith that one day we're going to have kids. Relationship, right? Most of you have kids. A lot of you have kids, right? That doesn't come just by faith. That comes by a love relationship. If, 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 if I was like, well, all right, we got married now, and I'm just going to believe one day we're going to have a house. I'm going to believe one day we're going to have kids. I'm going to believe this. And that's fine. And I should. I continue to believe those things because I, I have faith in her. She has faith in me. But it takes building the relationship in love. If there's not love, there's not relationship. we got to have amazing love. And that love holds us fast. That, that when we do have problems, when we do argue, you know, and, and oh, I can't believe, right? We, we, we argue too. Everybody does, right? It goes back to that love. You say, okay, yeah, you know. You know what? The love holds us together. And I believe that's why it's so important that when we're in those difficult situations, we, we're like the disciples. We say, Master, Master, are you going to let us die or drown? But I love you. Jesus is saying, I love you. Where is your faith? Make sure your faith is grounded in who Jesus is for your recreation, for your new creation, for your restoration, for your repentance in, in salvation. But don't let it stay there because the disciples had faith. Yep, we're with Jesus. We've already answered the call. We're following him. We're in the boat. But when the skies get dark and the storm arises, it's the relationship that holds tight. The relationship that holds tight. So I believe Jesus, his heart behind this question is, where is your love? Or do you love me, right? When, when Jesus died and rose again, he asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Because he was, he was expanding their mind to say, Peter, you had faith and you have faith. Peter, you're, you're good. You're good in that area. But Peter, do you actually love me? There is something more that needs to happen. Have you, where is your love? Peter, do you love me? I believe King David uh, is, is, a, is a great picture of 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 loving God because you know as we as we've seen many of the psalms a lot of them are about love and about how how God is is moving in his in his heart and so i wanted to read uh, psalm 16 verse 5 through 11 i believe this is a great picture of of love for who God is Psalm 16, verse 5. 
said, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made me, excuse me, you have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in the pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart in instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let my, your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. Is God your portion, your cup, your everything? Does it not matter where the journey is leading, but, but it's all about, you made known to me the path of life. Maybe I don't know how to get from here to there all the time, but I know the end. The path of life is always looking forward to heaven and the good things that God has for us. And that's what we have faith in. But it's the journey that builds the relationship. In the boat, in the squall, in the storm, in the difficult times, that's when the relationships are built. If the Lord allows, I have a question for you. Have you ever thought about where you will be with Christ in 10 years, five years, two years, next week, tomorrow? Where will you be with Christ, right? If you ever go to a job interview or, or you're engaged, you're thinking about those things. Where will we be in 10 years? You have a picture, a plan, a hope, because that love should be growing and growing and growing throughout your whole life. And yes, maybe you're, you look back and you're like, look at all the amazing things, but have you ever thought about God? I want to I grow more in you in the next five years. God, take me further than I was yesterday. Not, not by chance, not by accident, because God is always moving, and if we're, we're on board, we'll be moving too. But is there something more that we say, Lord, I want to be an active part of this love relationship. Help me to help you in whatever area, wherever you're growing, wherever you're going, excuse me. I want to be there because I want to grow. In a marriage, right? You think, okay, well, hopefully in a few years we'll have this, in a few years we'll have that. God, in a few years I want to see this because God, you're amazing and I know that you are good is my foundation for everything. And so the vision, the picture, the hope that I have because of our relationship is, God, I want to be there. I don't want to still be here. I want to be there because you are doing something, not just trust. Okay, well, whatever, God, whatever, whatever, God, I guess things are changing. In a relationship, you can't just go, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. You got to keep growing and looking forward. Have the worship team come up. 
So I want to encourage you to fall in love with Jesus again today. Look at, look at where you would love to be with him in the future. Where, where are you calling me? Where, are you, where do you want me to be? Because sometimes in the middle of that storm, in the middle of that sea, the squalls are happening, but if you can't see the shore, you don't know that the relationship is being built. And, and, and the trust, when, whenever hard times come in a relationship, that's when more love is built. It's easier in the easy times. But when it becomes hard, cling to him as your portion, as your provider, as your everything. And he will make the path of life set for you. Last verse I want to read real quick. Because I believe this idea of, of relationship and love is sometimes hard for the church. Us, right? In Revelation 2, verse 2 through 5, it says, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you can tolerate you, you cannot tolerate wicked people. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and you have found them false. You have persevered and endured hardship for my name and you have not grown weary a lot of times in the church that's what we focus on right there are we number one working hard are we doing good deeds are we persevering in difficult times are we making sure that those people who don't actually know what jesus is saying they're gonna get Are we making sure that we're very strong on our judgments of people? A lot of times that's what we focus on. And those are important things, right? This is a good thing. Then he says in verse 4, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first, or your first love. When we focus so much on this aspect of it, the all of the, the laws, the rules, all the, 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 the stuff that's very important, you know, persevering and all that stuff. We've got to have this. We've got to have that. Sometimes we lose out on the love that we're supposed to be building, the relationship that we're supposed to be growing. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, you will come, I will come to you and remove your lampstand. We don't ever want to be people who are so focused on, on the, the, the concepts and the, the things that, that, that are important and good that we lose sight of what really matters. The love and the relationship that we have with Christ. So what I want to do is as they start playing, um, I want to I want to ask you: Has your focus been on the love with Christ or the work with Christ? 
That can look differently for anybody. The work could be whatever. Fill in the blank. But when we face those storms, if all we're doing is focusing on the, yep, I'm committed to you, God. I'm with you. Standing with you. Not, I'm clinging to you. In a marriage, it says, husband and wife cleave or cleave to one another, right? It's all about him. If you feel like the, the love has been lacking or, or you're, you're in that love, but, but you've never really thought about the relationship actually growing, I want to ask if you would stand and I want to pray with you. And then would you go ahead and start? And I'm just going to pray. If you'd stand, we're going we're gonna to pray and then we're going to sing. Close your eyes. If you'd like me to pray for you, I'd like to pray. You can stand up if you'd like. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the one who gives us so much love and care. I ask, Lord Jesus, that everyone here, Lord Jesus, who is, who is here or, or watching or listening, Lord God, that, that the love, that the relationship, Lord God, you spur in them a powerful desire to grow in that love and that desire, not, not, not looking at just what they've been before, but knowing that there's something more. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, move, Lord Jesus, on hearts and minds because we don't want to be people who have forgotten our first love. We want to come back to loving you like we once did when we're in the middle of those storms, when we're in the middle of those difficulties. We cling to you, Lord Jesus. Help us. We have faith in you, Lord God. Help us to grow in our love. Faith, hope, and love, it says, Lord God, love is the greatest. Help us to love so passionately, so much more. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are moving. Hallelujah, Lord God. If you would like additional prayer, I'll, I'll pray with you as we close in singing. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart, Lord, I need Oh, I need you Every hour I need you My one defense My righteousness Oh God, how I need you Where sin runs your grace is more my grace is found is where you are and where you are lord i am free holiness is christ in me lord i need you oh I 
So teach my song to rise to you When temptation comes my way When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay So teach my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way and when i cannot stand i'll fall on you jesus you're my hope and stay lord i need you defense my righteousness 
Jesus for your your goodness and your mercy we need you all the more every day Lord God we ask that you continue to give us that peace and that safety not for peace and safety's sake Lord God but because we want to grow in knowing you and being equipped as the bride of Christ we trust in you because you are good and your love endures forever, Lord God. No matter what the world looks like, no matter what our situations in life look like, no matter what the people around us look like or doing, Lord God, we are in your care and you are good. You are good. We trust that your mercies are new every morning. Your love is overwhelming. It overflows and is unconditional. When we work at it, Lord God, help us to remember to focus on just you in the journey, just you being there with us in the boat, the good times, the blue skies, or the stormy seas, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you build the love that we have for you. We ask, Lord God, that you you equip the offering, Lord God, thank you that you are the blesser, Lord God. Everything that we have, everything that we are is yours, and we give back to you the best we can. We ask that you, you help us to be good stewards of what you have given us, to benefit our community and everyone around us, Lord God, so that your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth through what we give. Thank you for that, Lord God. And when we're faithful to give, you are faithful to provide for us. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless.